You're listening to Sounding Out to the Nations. This is Evangelist Ronnie Casillas. I'm here to share a message with you that I've titled, Bruised for Us. How many of you know that Jesus Christ died for our sins, but that was his purpose for coming to this earth? It was not to preach. It was not to live a a good life, but to die a sacrificial death on the cross to pay for sin's price and to break sin's power. He was bruised for us. Every, Every blow that his body took, every bruise that he endured, every beating that he suffered, uh, was for us. Matthew twelve eighteen says, Behold my servant whom I, be, uh, I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. We're talking about a bruised reed this morning. In Matthew, we have the fulfillment of this prophetic word given by Isaiah in the book of Isaiah. Um, We find written, And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Every single person that came to Jesus at this event was healed by him. I heard a story about uh, a man that was walking through the mall, exercising one morning, and um, he came up on, upon a new business. It was a travel business, and there was a sign on the door that said, Cruises on special, only $100 anywhere in the world. And he thought, anywhere in the world for $100, that can't be true. And so he walked inside the store and he says, is that sign right out hanging on the door that cruises are now on special for only $100 anywhere in the world? And the man says, yes, they're on special for $100. Do you have $100? And he says, well, of course I have $100. And so he pulled out a roll of money and he started counting 20, 40, 60, 80. And whack, on the back of the head, he suffered a blow that knocked him out. And uh, the next thing he knew, he came to his senses. He woke up from his, from that blow on his head, and and he noticed that he was inside a barrel. He was floating down the river, and he thought, "What in the world has happened to me?" And he looked back, and he noticed uh, another guy coming in a barrel, uh, using his hands to paddle the water to catch up to the first man. And so when he finally caught up to him, he says, "Hey." He says, do you know if they serve lunch on these cruises? (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, I heard that and I just got a giggle from that. But uh, and we live in a society, folks, that always wants to throw away that which is of no use to them. We eat on paper plates and drink out of disposable bottles. We do this so we can just toss them out when we're done. We do this so we won't have to wash them. We don't have to take care of them. We try to get people to retire early. And when their health is no longer good, we discard them. We want to take no responsibility for those things. Our society has rejected the homeless, rejected those in jail and in prison, rejected the drug addict, the alcoholic, and our society has also rejected the pedophile, the prostitute, the perverse. We want nothing to do with them. 
And um, even the church has come to a point where we, I believe, the church has rejected the pedophile and the prostitute, the drug addict and the alcoholic, the jail, jail people in jail and in prison. I mean, do you have people going to visit them from your churches? I dare to say that's not happening in most churches. And so we need, in order for us to uh, walk right with the Lord towards those that are bruised, uh, there's three things that we have to do, and I want to share with you this morning. The first is to behold. God calls him here his servant. In fact, the scripture opens with the word behold. He wants to draw attention to something. In this case, it's his servant, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God calls him here his servant. God's servant and the greatest service there ever was, the cross of Jesus Christ. He's a chosen and a choice servant. One who died and suffered all by commission from the Father. It didn't just happen because the Pharisees one day made a decision they were going to crucify him. It was by God's choice. He was chosen to die on a cross. He, he was one who died and suffered all by commission from the Father. It was God who sent him to die in our place. He was the elect of God, chosen of God to die on the cross. He counted the work of salvation to be his greatest service upon this earth. The proof, his only beloved son carried out this most important service. It is our salvation by Christ spoken of here in, in Matthew chapter 12 and verses 18 and following. It's his salvation. And so God raises up our thought to the highest pitch of attention and admiration, he calls unto us with the word, Behold! The word is found over 1,200 times in the Bible. It means to fix our eyes upon, to see with attention, to observe with care, to direct our eyes to an object. It's used in theatrical spectacles and athletic games of that time. And uh, to draw attention to the beginning of, a, an, of an event, for instance. Almost always when speaking of God, it is expressing command or exhortation. By no means is it a mere yell or a shout. It's to draw attention. Uh, it expresses command or exhortation. For instance, in Genesis twenty-eight thirteen, it says, And behold, the Lord God stood above, above it. And said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it thee, and to thy seed. He was giving them or promising them the, a land that would be theirs, a land that was flowing with milk and honey. But he wanted to draw attention to himself as the one that would that was making the promise and would keep the promise. He was faithful not only to give a promise, but to complete it. And so in Psalms thirty three eighteen we read again, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear Him, upon them that hope in His mercy. Oh, my child, my son, my friend, um, we're to behold the Lord Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. As we behold Him, we become like Him. As we become like Him, we begin to beam forth His glory to a lost and dying world around us. So behold the Lord. Behold the Lord. Behold how He reacted towards those that were bruised. Behold the Lord. 
and, and realize how he ministered to the hurting people that were around him. Most of us, again, reject those that are hurting. For instance, we see somebody that is asking for alms or begging for money or just spare change at the corner. And we move over to the other lane. We close our windows uh, to make sure that... The, and, and we keep looking straight forward like if we don't even see the man or the woman on the side of the road. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. In Numbers 21, we're told of a brazen serpent that was raised on a pole. The people were complaining about God and complaining about Moses. And God sent serpents and many of the Israelites were stricken dead. As they repented of their sins, Moses prayed for the people. People, excuse me. And God told Moses to set up a brazen serpent on a pole. As the children of Israel locked their eyes on this God-given cure, the serpent on a pole, they were healed. In the New Testament, Jesus said, referring to this same event, John, John chapter 3, verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. John the Baptist shouted, Behold! the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. One day we will all hear the declaration, Behold, He comes with clouds, and every eye shall see Him. There's coming that day, folks. Train yourself to behold the Lord Jesus Christ with all your eyes and your mind and every effort you you can make towards beholding Him, locking your eyes upon Him. Keeping your gaze upon Jesus. See, this is what the prophet Isaiah is saying. When you are down, behold him. When you're bruised, battered, and discouraged and discontent, behold him. When you are tempted and looking much to the present trouble, it's at this time that you're to behold him. And so, if you're going to minister to those that are bruised and hurting around you, you have to behold the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to become like Him. Second, you you have to um, realize that God is chasing after those that are bruised. Not only do you behold Him, but you, you see the bruised around you. Those He would pursue would for the most part be in misery. Have you noticed that in the Scriptures? They were to, they were to be a bruised reed and a smoking flax. Not trees, but reeds. Not whole, but bruised reeds. The church is compared here to weak things, to a dove among the fowls, to a vine among the plants, to sheep among the beasts, to a woman which is the weaker vessel. It was in misery that man came to Christ for help. By misery man is brought to see sin for what it is. And so we notice that Sometimes we pretend sin isn't even there. We pretend that we're not bruised and we're not broken. We act like we're just perfectly walking with the Lord. But it's in misery that the voice of the one we are to behold is heard. When we humble ourselves, when we open our hearts and our minds to Him, when we recognize who we are, when we're transparent with God, it, that's when God's voice is heard. He says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Those of you that are hurting, in other words, come to me. Be transparent. Recognize your faults. Recognize your sin. Be open to God. 
Nothing will happen against you if you're, if you're open to God, if you just confess your sins to Him. If you're transparent, you'll, you'll claim the fault that you've committed, the sin that you've committed. You'll confess it before the Lord. Listen, if you cannot, if you're not walking in humility, you cannot receive forgiveness in your heart. He says, Ho, everyone that thirsts, come you to the waters. Those of you that are thirsting, those of you that are hungry or lacking or hurting, come to Him. Why? Because it's the bruised that hear His voice. That's how we came to the Lord Jesus Christ. We were in this state of bruised, bruising. And so we've all been damaged in one way or another. Sin sees to it that we're damaged. The world sees to it that we're damaged. And Satan sees to it that we're damaged. But John 10.10 says, The thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come to give you abundant life, is what the scripture says. That is what the thief always comes for. He never shows up to do you good. He never shows up to help you. He never shows up to bring you a gift. He's a thief. He's a murderer. He's a destroyer, folks. But Jesus still won't reject you. Christ wants to heal you right now. He doesn't want acts of contrition. He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants your soul. And so David wrote in Psalm 51.1 or 51.17. And, and this psalm, of course, was written when he had sinned uh, with Bathsheba. Says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. He comes for the hurting. And then Psalm one forty seven three he says, He heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. So he comes for the bruise. He ministers to all those that are hurting. Isaiah sixty one one says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. He has called us to do likewise in Jesus' name. You see, His name is greater than any cancer, greater than any diabetes, or greater than any heart disease. Proclaim the name over those that are hurting. Declare it. Declare the benefits of the name of Jesus Christ over those that are around you that are bruised and hurting and downtrodden. Uh, the world says, you made your bed, now lie in it. But what does God say? God says this in Jeremiah 33, 2, 3, and verse 8. Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me and I will answer thee and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And verse 8 says, And I will cleanse them from all their inequity whereby they have sinned against me and I will pardon all their inequities there whereby they have sinned and whereby they have transgressed against me. A bruised reed shall he not break. So we're to look at the bruised. We're also to behold Jesus Christ, the Savior of our soul. And third, we're to barter. See, there's a barter that takes place when you come to Jesus Christ. A barter is an exchange. It means to trade by exchanging one commodity for another. That is what took place at Calvary. I call it the great ex exchange. 
We read that in Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our, our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. There's a great exchange that takes place at the cross. We read in the scriptures repeatedly that Jesus was moved with compassion. Compassion means more than just a feeling or a passion. It also means to suffer with. So Psalm or Matthew fourteen fourteen says, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them, and he healed the sick. Matthew twenty and verse thirty four says, So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes seemed received sight, and they followed him. Mark eight verse two says, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. You see, when Jesus came into this world, he came to a bruised society. When Jesus came to this earth, Israel was living under the rule of Rome. The Jews were oppressed by Roman taxes and laws. They they were just getting by on less than a paycheck. The priesthood of that day was taking advantage of widows and the poor. The downtrodden were mocked and ridiculed, and the people were blinded by sin. That is why the prophets spoke of the coming Messiah. They said he would come in an hour of darkness. When he came, he would bring light to a dark and dying world. Jesus came into a society plagued by hypocrisy and rampant with sin and wickedness. Jesus said in Luke 14:21, Go out and quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed, and the halt and the blind. In other words, those that are bruised and beaten and battered and bruised. The Lord said, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Notice the people that would fill the house. It would be the bruised, the battered. The heartbroken and the beaten. Church, know this today. Our world is bruised. Our society is bruised. Our churches and church people are bruised and wounded. The cares of life and life's disappointments have bruised us all. Morality has bruised us. Church uh, people are bruised and wounded. The cares of this life and life's disappointments have bruised us. Friends have bruised us and our loved ones have bruised us. Finances, relationships, jobs have taken their toll on all of us. People are struggling financially and there seems to be more sickness now uh, than than I've ever heard of. They are all tired, all raising families and trying to make ends meet. They have been bruised. Children are being bruised by broken families, abused, and molestation is taking place uh, frequently in the home. They are worried, how am I going to eat and buy clothes? Where am I going to sleep tonight? But a bruised reed shall he not break, and a dimly burning wick will he not quench. In other words, um, there's so many people that are hurting, but God is on their side. I'm convinced that we have not been broken because God sees some wicks that are still smoldering. These wicks once were on fire for God. They knew their purpose and their calling, but now they can barely be seen 
but God sees some smoldering. God sees a flicker of light there. I wanted to ask you, is there still a people in this in the church that remembers when it used to be like? What it used to be like? Are there some people in this church that still remember the revivals of old? Remember what it was? What it used to be like to have a midnight prayer meeting and more than one person attends that. Are there some saints of God that still remember praying until you prayed through? Until you knew that you knew deep down in your knower that God had answered your prayer? Are there still some saints of God that are willing to fight to rekindle the fire again? The Lord has said, if I see a wick that is smoldering, I won't snuff it out. Church, hear me, the flame may be gone with no appearance of fire, but if God can still see something there, some smoldering embers, he said, I will not allow, allow the fire to go out. Isaiah is telling this modern apostolic church, as long as I hear even a faint cry from faithful people of God somewhere, I will not allow that bruised reed to break. In closing here, let me just say it was compassion that went out of the way to love the unlovely and that's the story of our savior's life death and resurrection he came looking for us in in the sick the maimed the lame the bruised the brokenhearted the wretched the wonder the poor the forgotten and the prisoner he came for the bruised he was bruised for us folks Aren't you grateful for that? Let's pray here this morning. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the price Jesus paid for us on that cross to die for our sins, to make it possible for us to have a new life and be born again, to be a child of the living God. The Bible says that Jesus said, to as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, to as many as believe him. We have to have received him and also currently we have to believe in his name. And so we put our trust in you today, Jesus Christ. We recognize that you came and died for the sinful man of which I am part of that group, Lord. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to save the person that is listening today. Uh, For you came for him, Lord. You came for me. You came for every single person that was bruised by sin and battered by this world I claim salvation and I receive Jesus Christ on my behalf as well as those that are listening and I pray that they receive you as Lord and Savior that they come to the end of life's life's challenges and 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 trying to do things their own way but they give themselves to you right now and surrender to your will your purposes and your guidance from this day forward Lord in Jesus name Amen and amen.